Coming up later this week on Thursday evening, the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum will continue its ongoing quest to not only bring history to life to make it interesting, but to put it in context and help us understand the times in which we live in the context of the long, rich history of this country. And the discussion this week really, I think, taps into something very important with that. It will feature the state historian Samuel Wheeler talking about America's best and worst presidents with the co-CEO of C-SPAN. C-SPAN recently out with a book called The Presidents, noted historians rank America's best and worst chief executives. That co-CEO of C-SPAN is with us now, and it is a bit of a homecoming because he's actually a Springfield native. Rob Kennedy is with us, and it is an honor to welcome you to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Jim, it's great to be on the air with you. Thank you very much. We're excited to uh, to have you in town this week. How often do you get back to Springfield? Is this a, a rare uh, occurrence for you to be able to be here? Oh, at least uh, at least once a year. I still have lots of family in Springfield. It's always good to come back to town. Uh, I grew up there, graduated from high school, um, so it's always fun to come back and, and try to find a good horseshoe. If, if you don't mind, before we get into the details of the discussion uh, this week, could you just kind of walk us through how a boy from Springfield goes on to become the co-CEO of, of really one of the most important innovations in our in-home uh, entertainment netification in the last 40 years? Oh, well, thank you. I, I was very lucky. I, it's one of those stories of being in the right place at the right time. But I went to the University of Illinois and then went to school in Chicago and um, got a business degree. And I got started very early in the cable television industry. And one of the interesting things about C-SPAN is that it's a not-for-profit, and it is funded entirely by the cable television industry. There's no government money in C-SPAN. We're all uh, funded by license fees paid by Comcast, Charter, others. My boss at the first cable company I worked for in Chicago was on the C-SPAN board. And this was in the very early days of C-SPAN. We started in 1979. And he sent me to Washington to help C-SPAN write an early business plan. I stayed in touch with the staff and with the founder, Brian Lamb, and some of the early staff. And a few years later, they asked me to come on board as as their business person. And I've been here now over 30 years. What motivated these cable companies to do this? They were doing pretty well by bringing us distant television signals, the, the early days of home box office and things coming into our living room. And everybody was really eager to get on board cable. They didn't have to do this. Why did they do it? Well, they did it as a public service. Uh, From the very beginning, our our founder, Brian Lamb, worked with the industry founders to come up with an idea to provide a public service that would do something um, that Brian thought was very important. Brian's from Indiana. And growing up in Springfield, we only had the three networks as newscasts. And that's how we got our news about Washington. But Brian realized there was a lot more going on in Washington, and his idea was very simple, which is to transmit events in Washington, whether it's the House of Representatives, the Senate, tomorrow's Mueller hearing, for example, to the nation completely unfiltered, no editing, entire event, uh, no commentary. And the industry bought into this as a public service, and it happened at the time that the House representatives were first going on television. So C-SPAN started the day the House went on television. So those two things came together, the House going on television 
the industry wanting to do a public service. And I should add that C-SPAN was actually the sixth network launched. You're right. There were distant signals. There was HBO. But there was really a desire for more programming as cable moved into the suburbs. So we were lucky to be there at that time and kind of ride that wave. C-SPAN now operates on multiple platforms, not only on cable TV, but also on the Internet, and then in print form with books like the one that you'll be discussing this week at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum, ranking uh, the the presidents. So tell me about the book. How did it come about, and what are the criteria that, that are being used here to sort of evaluate these presidents in comparison to one another? Well, the book is the 10th book we've published, as you noted, and our ninth book was about First Lady, so it seemed logical to do a 10th book on the presidents. All of our books are drawn from television interviews. What we do then is we take the television interviews, which are with noted historians, and we condense them and edit them into chapters in our books. We wanted to do that on the presidents, but we had one other resource in-house that made this book really fun to work on. We had those great interviews, but we've also conducted three surveys of presidential leadership over the past 17 years. And these are not C-SPAN ranking the presidents. These are historians. Over 100 historians participate in our surveys. So the idea was to put chapters of, to have a book of chapters of presidents, but to organize them by the survey results. So it starts with president number one, and I'm going to bet you can guess who the top-ranked president <laughs> is. You better. I don't want be to give anything to. away, but yeah, I think, I think all of us in Springfield can probably figure that out. Yes. <laughs> spoiler alert, it is Abraham Lincoln. Um, all the way down to number 43, uh, and I'll spoiler alert there, too. It's James Buchanan. So the chapters are arranged that way, but because each chapter comes from a different historian's view and a different book... Uh, in its own right, it's, it really makes for an interesting read to be able to compare and contrast the presidents. Now, I, I have to ask, I haven't had the good fortune to actually read the book myself yet, although I want to get my hands on it. It's right up my alley. Uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. it goes down to 43. Do you uh, only count Grover Cleveland once in that, or, or did you exclude both Barack Obama and Donald Trump? We um, we excluded Donald Trump, and, and here's why. We count Grover Cleveland as just one. Um, by the way, it's a very good presidential trivia question. Yes. <laughs> we, we conduct these surveys at the end of presidential terms or administrations. The first survey was in 2000, at the end of President Clinton's term. Next one, 2009, the end of President George W. Bush's term, and the most recent one in 2017, at the end of President Obama's term. So President Trump will not be raided until his administration comes to an end. What's interesting about doing the survey over time is you can really see presidents, how they move up and down. And it really shows how their assessments change over time. It, it, we do obviously evolve in our thinking about presidents when we have some more distance from them. But it's also got to be a challenge to really try to compare uh, a George Washington, what he did in the uh, the political and the social climate of his time versus a Franklin D. Roosevelt versus a Ronald Reagan. Uh, is, is that a particular challenge to evaluate these presidents' actions based upon how different the eras were? in which they functioned? It, it is a challenge. And, and we, we designed the survey with a historical uh, advisory committee that included uh, Richard Norton Smith, who used to be the, um, the director of the, the library there in town, also Edna Green Medford and Doug Brinkley. 
the way we conduct the survey is we have 10 different qualities of presidential leadership. Each president is rated on those 10 qualities, and then we sum the scores on the qualities to get the overall score. To your question, one of the qualities that we look on, one of the categories, is something we call performance within the context of times. And that's an effort to take into account how the office of president has changed over time. So that's one way we do that. But it is interesting to look at, well, for example, public persuasion. Um, do you want to guess who the top-ranked president is in the category of public persuasion? Well, I, if uh, I were a betting man, I'd put a couple of bucks down on Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan does very well. He's fifth. And he's moved up in that category. But the top is FDR. It, well, and that does make sense with the fireside chats and uh, his ability yeah. to, to be able, within that, uh, that time in that era, to be able to communicate so directly to the American people. Yes. Yes. So th- those, there's a good example with um, FDR, uh, Reagan, um, who are of different eras, but there's some... Uh, effort to compare and contrast them on that particular quality of public persuasion, which, again, is only one of the 10 qualities that we rank on. We're talking with Rob Kennedy. He is the co-CEO of C-SPAN. He'll be here Thursday evening for this presentation on the president. We'll have the details on how you can attend in just a moment. Also bringing in the C-SPAN bus uh, to the Presidential (laughs) Museum on Thursday as well. Another way that the C-SPAN mission uh, carries on uh, physically bringing this bus into communities like Springfield. What will people see uh, there if they come down to visit? Well, they can come down and see the bus. It's going to be parked at the museum from 1230 to 430 on Thursday and also uh, open to the public during that time and also from 5 to 545. The bus, and forgive the pun, is a promotional and educational vehicle for us. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, And it's loaded with interactive displays that show the type of resources that C-SPAN has available, both for students and the general public. So there are hands-on displays to look at our website, our extensive video library online. There are some quizzes for students, uh, young people. Well, heck, any age person can take a selfie of themselves in front of our selfie station. There's also a production studio on the bus. So we've really packed a lot of technology into the bus to provide a real hands-on exhibition and opportunity to learn about C-SPAN resources. As you noted, the whole point of C-SPAN was to be able to provide uh, this uh, information to the American public unfiltered, nothing standing in the way people were seeing it all as it unfolded. Uh, These days, we have a president who communicates directly to us, bypassing the usual media filters, but does so on social media. How does that complicate the C-SPAN mission when now so much of what's happening is is happening in that particular format, which is not necessarily a a great one-to-one match to the the, the televised presentation of a C-SPAN? Right. And we think it it makes us even more valuable today. Social media is great for a lot of reasons. We use it to get the word out about C-SPAN. We're active on Twitter. Our team is active on Instagram and Facebook. But it's important, we think, to have available the true and unedited version of things that are happening in Washington. Tomorrow's hearings with uh, the, the uh, Robert Mueller as witness, the Mueller uh, hearings is going to be a great example of that. There will be lots of uh, sound bites and clips from that hearing. 
we'll probably use some of them on air. But if you want to see the entire thing, you will always be able to go to cspan.org, our website, and watch it after the fact, and watch it live. It'll be live on the television networks, too. But we're creating an archive, an important library of things as they happened in Washington for those who want to go in and see it for themselves. Tremendously valuable tool for journalists, for researchers, for anyone who wants to keep tabs on their members of Congress and what they're doing out in Washington. And again, on multiple platforms there. And here in person this week with the bus coming and the discussion featuring Rob Kennedy, the co-CEO of C-SPAN and a Springfield native, appearing with state historian Samuel Wheeler. Thursday evening, 6 p.m. This is a free event, but you should make a reservation in advance. You can do so at President Lincoln dot illinois.gov click on special event reservation so you can be in attendance for what should be a very interesting discussion and i understand there will be a particular emphasis in talking about the president you'll be uh, spending some time concentrating on the four with direct illinois ties uh, generally do uh, do our illinois presidents do pretty well overall in the in the rankings we do great <laughs> in the rank <laughs> and it's it's yeah, it's it's funny because my colleague Susan Swain, my co-CEO, is from Pennsylvania. They have one president, and it's James Buchanan. Um, but <laughs> Illinois, and, and she's she talks about this uh, when she gives this, the the talks too. But we've done very well. We have number one, number five. Uh, I'm sorry, number one, number nine, number twelve, and number twenty-two. And you're going to have to come to the event on Thursday to see who's who. Uh, beyond Lincoln. But yeah, Illinois does very well. It should be a a fascinating discussion for students of history, students of politics, students of America. And it all unfolds again Thursday evening at the Presidential Library and Museum. Go to presidentlincoln.illinois.gov for more information. Rob Kennedy, C-SPAN, thank you so much. Been a pleasure to talk to you this afternoon. Really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, Jim. Great to talk to you. Um, Listen to you here via my Alexa. So uh, always good to keep up on what's going on in the hometown and appreciate what you do. Thank you so much. Uh, Great to talk to you.